Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always as Tim. Hey, I, uh, I said it online and I'll say it here. New year, new mutants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love how relevant that's going to be in like May when this episode actually goes out. Uh, <laughs> welcome. This is a horror movie podcast. We get together. We've watched a horror movie. We talk about it. It's really that simple. And we are recording episodes way far in advance because Tim will be on paternity leave uh, when you mm-hmm. see this episode. But hell, I mean, by the time this one goes out, he may actually be back starting to do new episodes again. But... <laughs> that's how far ahead we're planning here uh so that's last little batch of recording where we're doing these episodes we're doing some 2020 movies that are kind of notable uh that we feel that we should go back and do even though by the time you see them they're going to be well into 2021 but we should cover these movies and one such movie that was notable was (laughs) foxy's although it's not fox anymore uh, I was very disturbed by the opening logo tim it was just 20th century studios i was like that looks weird yeah what are you doing (laughs) Especially don't since, like it. <laughs> especially since the X Men movies have always had like, that thing where like the X like sort of stays there for us like a second when it fades. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't <laughs> do that this time because there was no X. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Anyway, they could have so, kept the N in Century, but oh, for New Mutants, yeah. Somehow I don't think that would have quite the same impact. Um... <laughs> okay, well, I'm just spitballing here i mean i i appreciate the effort i do <laughs> but I don't, I don't think that would work but anyway uh so this is the spin-off to the the x-men movies that that fox were making which was originally meant to come out it was like april 2018 i want to say was the original about right. date. yeah and then mm-hmm. it got pushed almost a full year and then i get pushed like twice more and i think we got to the point Maybe it was 2019 originally, but it got pushed like several times anyway to the point where it became a running joke that like it was all it was just going to keep getting pushed and pushed and they claimed they were going to do reshoots, which never happened. All accounts say <laughs> that they never actually reshot any material, even though that's why they originally delayed it a year. We'll get into some of the details on that, but uh, eventually it came out in August of 2020 and it's really funny that Disney just, because at that point Disney now had control of all the Fox movies. Mm-hmm. It's funny how they said, we'll just shut it out in theaters this came out in theaters in the <laughs> middle of the pandemic uh because yeah. they just didn't care about it it was just no let's just put this out. They, d- they delayed everything else everything else disney were putting out they were big they either delayed it one or two things mm-hmm. went to disney plus of course mulan and uh, soul for christmas but mm-hmm. everything else got pushed like a whole year but new mutants was like yeah just put it out it's fine <laughs> why not we'll just we'll just go it's, they have something to blame if it doesn't perform well yes yes mm-hmm. uh but it's so weird because both this and Dark Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, I are your favorite movies. Shut up! <laughs> I didn't see like those are the two of the first like superhero movies or comic movies in a long time that I didn't see as soon as they came out. I, they both kind of mm-hmm. lingered for a while and I saw them later. Dark Phoenix I saw maybe a few months ago. Um, it was terrible. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just yeah, I think I ended up watching that one on a plane. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe they did the same story as uh, X-Men The Last Stand and somehow made it worse. That's impressive. Yeah. But uh, they, they pulled that off. Uh, but of course, this is notable. And it was interesting when they announced this movie because it was like, hey, this is going to be a horror movie. This is going to be a horror movie right. that's connected to the X-Men, which is why we're doing it on Screams After Midnight. And, and I, I could be wrong, but I, I think at the time it was announced, they did they say it was going to be R? I, I thought I remembered that it was supposed to be like a, an R-rated movie. 
I don't know, that could be wrong. I think it was maybe going to be after the reshoots that they were going to, mm-hmm. like, R it up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's definitely not rated R in this no, iteration. Also, I mean, there's this one kind of bloody moment that's nice, but otherwise it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a... Uh, I, think, I think there's one F-bomb, but that's your typical PG-13. Oh, yeah. You know? And to much to be fair, they have used uh, with the X Men movies. Like Wolverine typically has an F bomb <laughs> in almost every movie yeah. he's in, but just the one, just the one. Mm-hmm. Unless you're watching the uh, the unrated cut of uh, the Wolverine, which had like a bunch of them, I think. But oh, geez. um, yeah. So we'll start spoiler free as we always do. We'll get into it. Um, I, th- I think the appeal of this movie, especially from the early trailers, was very much, oh, we're doing a, a Dream Warriors-esque movie. We've got a bunch of teenagers <laughs> in a mental hospital. Uh, they're there for observation because of their mutant powers, and there's going to be some sort of supernatural entity for them to team up and fight. Um, Which is a that- pretty good like selling point. I think that's uh, yeah, yeah. An inter- definitely an interesting thing to do, especially I mean, I like, lo- with these characters. I love Dream Warriors, and I, and I think... Yeah. You know, regardless of what I'm going to say about the movie or anything else we say for the rest of this this episode, I do appreciate the idea of trying to do a different genre connected to one of these franchises. Oh, totally. Yeah. Really, more of them could be doing with trying things like this and having these different mm-hmm. types of movies set in those worlds. Uh, so I I appreciate that if nothing else. So, uh, yeah. but that, that's the basic premise. But we follow five mutants who are all you know teenagerish ageish years. Um, I will say this is actually kind of interesting it's one of the first comic book movies in a while where most of the characters I actually knew basically nothing about like I, mm-hmm. Magic I'm familiar with because she's popped up in a lot of more modern X-Men stuff um, but that's basically it like the rest of them I didn't really know so I was kind of discovering what the powers were in the movie uh, mm-hmm. there was a, a moment where I, I said because I was watching this with uh, chat on stream and I said Wait, is uh, Maisie Williams' character supposed to be Scottish? Because I think she's trying to do a Scottish accent. And yes, apparently the character is indeed (laughs) Scottish in the comics. Uh, For the record, her accent's not bad. Her accent's actually not bad, I I thought. Um, I actually, (laughs) I thought that the Russian accent on Magic wavered a bit here or there. Whenever she shouted, I felt it sort of went out. Uh, And then similarly, I thought the uh, the sort of southern accent that the the minor kid had, uh, you know, the guy from Stranger Things, uh, uh yeah i'd say that was like straight up bad yeah he, 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 it felt like he was going from like a six to an 11 like you know, back and forth constantly on that accent yeah. it was it was weird uh so that's your accent discussion for the, <laughs> for the anyway we'll get into it we'll get into it. uh tim yeah after all this wait and the fact that well i don't think you'd seen this before either right this was the first time no. you watched it yeah so the, i well, I I actually I honestly was tempted because uh, like I wasn't gonna go to the theater, but they were showing this at like a drive-in. It wasn't okay. like a real drive-in, mm-hmm. but like they, I don't know, got like some inflatable screen or something. They were doing like at a in a parking lot near me, and I was kind of tempted to go, but then just ended up. Um, I, I'm just I think a, I'm imagining the uh, the merchant from Resident Evil for some dodgy individual with a trench coat. <laughs> but, okay, I've put up a sheet. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna project a movie. Come and get it, strangers. What are you <laughs> it's watching? Probably, it's probably not that far off. Um, so I, I, I was tempted, but then ultimately, uh, especially once it got close to the release and like a lot of bad reviews started pouring in, I was like, yeah, no, no, I'm, I, I think I'm good. But it, uh, it, it definitely was a bit of a roller coaster because yeah, when it they first started announcing it and having the details, um, I did 
actually I, I was genuinely uh into it and excited for it and um the I, I, yeah i'm not like super familiar with uh the new mutants actually i, I have read um like the demon bear saga which you know this is based on and a little bit of the you know claremont stuff with it but then uh yeah i um have read uh, a lot of the the newer series like there was um you know like they relaunched it like a couple of times like you know over the last like 10 years or whatever which uh the uh the there was one uh not not this current one but the one before it actually i think was pretty good that had a uh, zeb wells relaunched it and then um dan abnett and andy lanning did like a a pretty good run uh that i think is solid but um but yeah like i, I never felt like i super like 100 percent like knew the characters um and, and it was funny because the i read more of the newer stuff but um uh danny uh moonstar uh she she's like one of the mutants that got uh depowered like after like house of m so uh. <laughs> she's still in new mutants but like as just like a like she's very badass and everything but like you know she's basically like a human at that point but then like well she gets like some asgardian powers and stuff i, I think at some point but uh but it was funny because yeah i wasn't really sure what her power was because i mostly like knew her uh when she was depowered uh so yeah that that was a kind of interesting thing and and i think i still have some questions uh, exactly how they work uh but regardless i i really do uh i do generally like the characters and i thought the the cast was like you know really good um i, I mean before i saw the movie like just kind of seeing like you know some of the images and stuff i'm like oh yeah no that's a great choice for this person and yeah they look you know i'm sure they'll uh kill it um and then, uh, yeah, it's it kind of a roller coaster, yeah, because of all the delays. You know, it's usually never a good thing. And then, uh, you know, once it, it, it did seem like it was coming out, you would know, get excited again. And then you'd hear some bad things about it. And you're like, oof, no, that sounds like pretty bad. And then uh, I think the final straw was around the time it was getting released. The one of the co-creators of the characters, the artist, um, Bob, uh, not sure how to pronounce his last name. I think McLeod. Um, he had some like. <laughs> pretty scathing things to say and wait is that why one of the characters is scottish because someone's called mcleod so i'm assuming he's also scottish is uh possible? possibly yeah, yeah. I, I mean like you're familiar with like claremont's like uh when he took over for x-men you know like part of his thing was like having like diverse characters and stuff mm -hmm. so uh when you get those like uh you know new characters like uh colossus and um uh like Nightcrawler and stuff like and Storm and like yeah he wanted to have like different characters from all around the world which yeah which you know very good very like especially for the time period to be like oh no let's have like some diversity and stuff so but I wouldn't be surprised if um yeah when they were, were creating the new mutants maybe if if he is Scottish maybe he was like hey let's get a Scottish character uh in here and <clears throat> what's funny is uh I actually was um actually have read a lot of stuff with uh Rain in it um but not from New Mutants, because she was a uh, character in Peter David's X Factor run for a long mm. time. Uh, so again, like a character, I'm like, oh, I'm very familiar with uh, with her, but not from New Mutants. But uh, regardless, though, so like, uh, yeah, um, I, I know he was upset about some stuff um, about some of like the, the casting choices, and then like I guess they misspelled his name in the credits, which is extremely <laughs> shitty. Uh, especially, I, you know, I remember that now that you bring it up. I remember that uh, just after it came out yeah and you think that would be like you know not a hard thing to correct <laughs> like especially like you know with uh like streaming digital stuff like i, I mean 
I don't know if it's that big deal, but uh, so regardless, though, like, yeah, my, uh, af after hearing about a lot of that stuff and then there were I think I feel like there were a lot of reviews that were saying like, oh, my God, this is horrible. This is so bad. It's a dumpster fire, a train wreck, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, yeah, I was pretty deflated. Uh, but after watching it, my takeaway is just like, it's fine, I guess. Like, <laughs> it's uh, I, I definitely don't think it's like as bad as a lot of people are making out to be like it's i mean dear lord I, i've seen a lot worse movies definitely a lot worse comic book movies definitely a lot worse x-men <laughs> movies um <clears throat> but it's not necessarily good um yeah yeah i so i i came out of it kind of feeling like first of all dark phoenix was way worse dark phoenix was a complete yeah. train wreck of a movie uh without that yeah th this is not that this is al almost surprising and that it's just kind of dull like it's not yeah like i think some of the character beats are solid enough and some of the the concepts are solid enough uh, i think the biggest problem the movie has honestly is that there's very little plot for like an hour of, of the 90 minutes the movie sure. lasts there's like very little <laughs> plot in the first hour uh or more to the point there's not much of a driving force to really propel anything forward so I, I remember saying uh, as I was watching it around the hour mark that there was an incident that happens. It's meant to sort of like you know raise the tension and okay now we're getting into the third act, and I couldn't help but feel like no this is the end of an act one thing and yet it feels like we're only just getting to this part of the story. So it feels like it, it doesn't earn a lot of the big moments that it tries to play off in the ending. But it's a shame because if it actually if I cared about the characters the way that I feel like I'm supposed to by the time I got to the end, uh, I think it'd have been. Uh, more into it because some of the concepts yeah. are actually solid enough there's a couple of cool moments that are fine mm -hmm. uh it's just a little bit dull and it feels more like a pilot to a tv show than it does a movie that's for a most of point, the yeah. for most of the runtime yeah and part of that's because it's all set in one location which i don't mind mm -hmm. i love a bottle story you know i do but <laughs> it did feel kind of weird to me how there's like one doctor who kind of runs this building with the mutants in yes. them and there's mm -hmm. never even like a conversation with someone from the outside. There's no staff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how is? I mean, there is kind of an answer when we kind of see some spoiler stuff, but like, mm -hmm. it does even with an answer as to how she's keeping them all in line on her own. Mm -hmm. It does feel kind of weird that there's just no one else. It it was making me think a little bit like, uh, <laughs> and this is a bad comparison to make, but it was reminding me a little bit of Glass and how Glass kept teasing something was going to go down in the city. But it ended up just being on the front lawn of the of the, the hospital. <laughs> and this kind of had that in a weird way where, not that it was teasing something anywhere else, but and the, it never really went anywhere and everything that played mm -hmm. out played out here, which again, is fine. And if I, if there was a propelled plot throughout where I was like continually caring more about the characters, that'd be great. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. they're just too much of a blank slate and the plot just has no momentum. And as a result, I was just kind of like, eh, and eh, and eh, and oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, this is kind of neat, I suppose, but eh. I found, you know, uh, I mean, I agree. I, I like movies that are in, like, you know, one setting or, like, you know, like, I, I think it's interesting when you have, like, characters that are kind of trapped in one place, but mm -hmm. I found the setting to be so dull here. Like, it felt like there was no life to it. Like, it was just really boring, drab hallways and stuff. I hated, like, the, whatever you call it, kind of like the barrier stuff. Like, whenever it'd be, like, you know when that like a shield would go up or they would have like some computer monitoring stuff i thought it looked so dumb and cheesy um so yeah i, I really like I, I mean i don't know that that kind of <laughs> bothered me um and then uh yeah like something you were saying uh before about how like yeah it feels like it takes so long to kind of get going like 
it, it seems like they just kept kind of spinning the wheels. Like, how many times mm-hmm. do we have to have, like, a character go off and then something happens to them that they're like, oh, my God, you guys, like, I can't believe this happened. And then people are like, yeah, right. And then another character goes off and something happens to them. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Yeah, right. Like, like there should have been, like, one kind of big inciting <clears throat> incident. And then, like, that brings everyone together. And then that kind of, yeah, like you were saying, like, propels them forward to be like, all right, now, like, we're a team. Let's get together and, you know, start it. And it, it feels really weird because, like, it seems like, you know, like, uh, Danny is, you know, kind of the like introduction character like she's like the newbie mm-hmm. in here um but like you kind of get the sense that all the other characters have been here for a while but it feels like they're still doing stuff to like get to know each other like they're still hanging out and being like so what are you in here for and it's like like don't they really like already know all this <laughs> uh yeah and then, like, i think they're, they're trying to get across the idea that they're, they're not very talkative to each other or they're not open with each mm-hmm. other but it does give this weird impression of like yeah, you're telling me these these characters have been here for a while and know each other well, but they they, they don't. It, it feels like they all just got here at the same time, even though the movie's yeah. not telling me that. I think and one of the big what, character things with uh, Danny though, or or with Danny and Magic, right, mm-hmm. um, is that Magic's just a complete bitch most of the movie, right? She's awful yeah. to everyone. She's kind of a bully. She's kind of all these things. She's very. Uh, all this, which by the way, they never address the fact that she's actually Colossus's sister. That never comes right. up. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> yeah. that would be just a, a, a weird tangled web to to deal with. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I can't f- feel it. And there's kind of a moment in the third act where you think, okay, the moment where you know the team is completely together and united and bonded is the moment where mm-hmm. Magic is going to like defend Danny because all movies she's been like, yeah. you know, tearing it shit. She's been calling her name. She's been mistreating for no reason. Her. For no reason. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> The moment you show me that she's going to stick up, that even she's going to stick up for Danny is the moment where the team feels united. And it's just, it's just kind of like ensemble cast 101, right? Yeah. It's just the simple <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, I'm a sucker for those moments. I'm a sucker for, for doing that when it's done well. Um, so when the moment does kind of come, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say that, yeah, eventually they're kind of all on, on side by the right. end. Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't really mean anything. And I kind of wish it did. And I think that, <laughs> that comes back to the character beats just not feeling all that interesting or engaging and that there being no mm-hmm. momentum through the story. So there's not actually that much of a journey beyond just, ah, mm-hmm. oh, eventually she learns a little bit about her and then there's a little bit back and forth and then, you know, <laughs> it, yeah. And then, and like one thing you kind of mentioned before, like when you were saying like, yeah, it does kind of, they're trying to give you the impression that they don't really like talk to each other that much. Uh, I, I feel like that would be more okay if it felt like there were, other people in this place but it just seems like weird that it's like all right there's literally like what like four or five people here Mm -hmm. and it's like you know you are even if like you know you have problems and you don't really talk to each other you feel like at least out of boredom you know like you would be i don't know more talkative or whatever um there yeah i don't know i think ultimately it just comes down to it being kind of like dull and stuff and uh, I I gotta admit I do I did kind of like the the like final kind of fight scene stuff. Um, no, it went for because I was because part of what I was thinking throughout the movie is that maybe reason why it's such a limited cast and why those mm-hmm. it's just the one building is because maybe you know this was a cheaper movie it wasn't a big budget superhero movie it kind of mm-hmm. goes back to that joke and I think it was Deadpool Deadpool two how there's never anyone else in the mansion just like the one or two sealers. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, 
And, That's right. But I mean, the movie does have money because there's the final battle. Because because I, I was actually worried throughout the movie that you know magic's powers are kind of like big and grandiose, and like when she really starts mm-hmm. using them, it should feel like big epic stuff. And I was yeah. concerned that they were going to like cock tease it a little bit, but then <laughs> never really give you a moment. And it went further yeah. with it than I thought it was going to. So I, I you know, I, I appreciate that. She, she even kind For of sure. had uh, her. That's my secret cap. I'm always angry. Mo. She even, she literally <laughs> almost has that exact scene. And yeah. it's an all right moment. Again, if I actually cared about the characters, it would have actually hit a lot more. But at least on right, its own, right. in a coolness level, it still kind of worked. So I was like, okay, all right. Because yeah. uh, something else I said is that, going back to this feeling like a TV pilot, if this was a TV pilot, I'd probably be a lot more positive and say, oh, there's a lot of potential here. Like, you know, if they have time For to sure. actually flesh out the characters, have time to flesh out some sort of ongoing plots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because <laughs> it's a movie, because it's a 90-something minute movie that's supposed to be a complete story, you know, outside of... <laughs> you know some you know general kind of universe bait which is never going to get followed up upon i was actually surprised that it kind of followed up on a tease from the end of i think it's the mid credit scene from apocalypse teased something and okay. this movie kind of follows up on it a little bit but only in the sense that it keeps the name going so that yeah pre- you know presumably oh maybe in new mutants 2 or whatever the next x-men movie would be they'd finally get to it. obviously that's never happening now because yeah. everything's been scrapped this was like a just a relic of a different universe that's, <laughs> that came out late, but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If uh, if you're not like a comic book reader, uh, it means absolutely nothing to you. Oh but... no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hell, even even in a uh, apocalypse when the reference was made to this company that uh, we're dancing around, uh, I, I was like, huh? <laughs> like I didn't know what it was <laughs> when I saw it uh, because clearly I haven't read that that era of X Men that focused heavily on this thing, so yeah <laughs> or whatever so uh, you know uh, but anyway we should probably pivot the conversation into the horror side of things because this is a oh, horror right, movie right. <laughs> um cool. and before we get to spoilers we should give some impressions on the horror nature of it it mm-hmm. is a horror movie and it does have kind of a dream warriors s thing because the stuff that happens mm-hmm. to the individual characters it's not quite dream stuff but it is very like you know it's very freddy krueger in that something will show up supernaturally and it'll sort of prey upon their fears uh that is there it does kind of feel like few and far between early on. It it gets mm-hmm. properly horror when it's magic's turn. It gets mm-hmm. proper full on horror movie. Um, and I actually thought the design of like her things. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but <laughs> right. th- those were actually a pretty cool design. It was very uh, yeah. up- upside down, man. I thought from uh, just like dark, Justice League recent- dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a bit of CG, but the design was cool. So yeah, uh, fair play. Yeah, I think ultimately, um, I would say I like the idea of a lot of the horror elements, but I feel like a lot of them ended up just being kind of that typical generic Hollywood kind of horror, mm-hmm. you know, where it just ultimately, you know, amounts to some type of CGI thing jumping out at you, which, um, yeah, I I, don't know, I wasn't too crazy about, like, I, I, I don't know if it was more like of a studio thing, um, but yeah, it just ultimately felt like pretty generic well, to me. Yeah, I wasn't... This is the thing going into it, because I was expecting Dream Warriors, I wasn't necessarily wanting like good, scary movie or anything like that. I, I was more... Right. What I was looking forward to, what I love about Dream Warriors is them all like, teaming together and trying to think of how to outsmart the bad guy. And like and, they're, they're, you know, and again without the build-ups so it doesn't really mean as much as it should but there is kind of elements of that when they all start using their powers when they've all been kind of like mm-hmm. seared and holding back the whole movie so 
And that's like when it gets out of the horror almost and just becomes more of a, a superhero movie or a comic book movie because it yeah. turns into, you know, big action stuff as opposed to the horror. Um, I will say one of, one of the other things that really uh, fails miserably, I think, in this movie <laughs> is the, the doctor lady who's, you know, looking after them who mm-hmm. may or may not have their best interests at heart. Like, she is such a dull, generic character and everything that turns out to be going on with her is so predictable and obvious and mm-hmm. almost to the point where it doesn't even feel like it's supposed to be a reveal. It just kind of feels like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that time I, in the script for that now, I guess. Yes. Yeah, she she feels like such a non-character. Like, I, I don't know, it, it seems like the movie kind of forgets about her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there'd be times where she'd pop up and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot she's still supposed to be a present, you know, in, in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I think one of, one of my growing kind of, like criticisms of cinema these days i suppose to, to get big and bold it's just okay. it's just how bland a lot of movies are getting like say what you want about bad movies in the 80s and 90s but i feel like now when a movie's bad it's bad because it's bland not because yeah. not because it's just like you know ill-advised or because they're idiots or whatever at least there's a passion in some of the stupid movies that were made i mean I, I i feel like that's like a big problem with the um you know these like billion dollar you know, franchise blockbuster mm-hmm. properties. Like, uh, I, I mean, you know, people might kind of hate me for saying this, but like, uh, I, I love the Marvel movies. I, I'd say, you know, not everyone, like there's some that I, I don't prefer, but there's, um, I, but you know, I, I think they are really entertaining movies, but I also do think like in a way they do kind of have like ruined <laughs> like cinema <laughs> because, you know, everything is trying to be that now. And, you know, everything is like, you know like uh, it just feels very like corporate and hey we're trying to build a shared universe and hey let's just cgi a bunch of stuff because it's easier and yeah like there is a lot of like lifelessness and blandness to movies nowadays yeah it feels a bit focus tested feels you know i yeah i just i i mean a lot of movies this one and i'm saying this specifically about new mutants it just lacks character there is no character to Mm -hmm. this movie it feels kind of lifeless and like i'll take a bad movie with life <laughs> like yeah. that, that's what that's, that's what ultimately turns into usually a fun bad watch is because you're like mm-hmm. oh well they cared about this and it ends up being kind of silly because they're they don't mm-hmm. know what they're doing but at least someone cared there was a passion here uh yeah. and yeah and it's not to say that the director here isn't impassioned like uh, josh boone the director like you know he talked mm-hmm. it up a lot in the build-up and he did seem to really care I, I, I just wonder if the studio system almost kind of, like, almost neuters people too much these days because everything has to be mass marketable. Everything has to be, yeah. you know, you know, f- ticks all the boxes so that we can sell it to people. Um, oh, no, yeah, like, I no, I agree 100%. Like, <clears throat> like everything is not, like, I don't know, it, it feels like stuff is not that concerned about making a... Uh, a, a good movie as much as they are like a profitable movie like mm-hmm. you know it's like yeah who cares like what the director or writer thinks because we have to make sure that this appeals to you know these demographics and oh like let's make sure that you know it's gonna do well in other countries and like you know it, then you're not making like you know artistic decisions you're making yeah like corporate you know money making <laughs> decisions which yeah, is never good <laughs> Yeah, it's, again, it just leads back to this blandness. And I, I, I've, I, often, I have heard the argument as well that part of the problem is a lot of writers and directors who are coming up now, they, they are, 
they're all kind of like basing their 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 skill their craft on their mm. love of movies they grew up with which sounds like it's a, a, a fine thing mm. but it, it may be partially why we get this this case of a director like this trying to do a, a dream warriors-esque movie mm-hmm. but because it's kind of based on a movie he already likes as opposed mm-hmm. to just being something that he has the idea for it kind of feels like a, a neuter dream warriors as opposed to yeah you know whatever level of quality it would be of its own thing um, oh yeah totally i mean like you know we're all inspired by you know the stuff we grew up with and the stuff we love but yeah there's definitely a difference between like oh, I'm inspired by this, I'm going to take it and kind of shape it and make it my own thing versus, like, you know, some people that are just like, you know, I'm going to make the the crappier version of it, which, (laughs) obviously not his intention, but you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, yeah, that's what it comes out as. It kind of works out that way, yeah. Um, Because I I think it's more and more interesting to me when I hear that that Christopher Nolan, like, one of his inspirations for The Dark Knight was Heat. And that's interesting because it's like yeah. a completely different movie. So, okay, well, yeah, what are you going to do with the Batman movie if your inspiration is heat? And mm. what do you get? You get those more intense shootouts with the Joker at the start, and it feels like it's a scene mm. from heat, but with the Joker. And it's like, oh, this is actually yeah. kind of, this works because it makes them feel really dangerous in the real world as opposed totally, to yeah. whatever. You know, it's just, it's, it's doing something different with it. Uh, mm. um, and the upcoming Batman movie, for example, looks like it's going to be like this ultra David Fincher esque take on batman which again might really work for that character yeah. might you know give us some gold it may not it may fail but um yeah. and uh and again like you know if i'm giving this movie credit i just think at least on paper a lot of this stuff sounds like really good ideas it's mm-hmm. just oh, it, does. it does i agree yeah and you know and i don't know maybe it's hard to say if uh, the director's at fault or if there is too much studio stuff or you know if he didn't really have the you know he's like He's like an up and coming director, and I, I think before this he had done like some kind of like YA, like uh, you know, romance kind of stuff. He did um, the Fault in Our Stars. Okay, so yeah, not not the. I mean, I I think like I've heard him on like some Josh Boone on like some podcasts and stuff, and he's definitely like a you know horror dude, and you know he loves um you know he's a big Stephen King fan, which is. <clears throat> I guess you know well, why he's doing the stand and stuff now. Yeah, that's, um, what, that's what he's doing currently. He's the, the the showrunner on the stand. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, before that though, just if you're just looking at his filmography, yeah, you wouldn't think like, oh yeah, Fault in Our Stars. Of course, the next thing you do is like a dark horror <laughs> comic book movie. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's funny because obviously we're talking about how sometimes the taking inspirations can be good, but sometimes it can just lead mm. to this bland kind of thing where. Uh, like some writers and directors are just kind of regurgitating things they like so it doesn't it ends yeah. up just feeling like a, a neutered version of something um <laughs> and i'm not really sure what the answer to that is but i definitely feel a lot of blandness in movies these days uh and i feel like this kind of fits into that you know it's yeah. not a complete disaster by any means it's just a little bit bland and i would probably never want to watch it again um yes <laughs> it would it'd probably have to be like a, a long time like <laughs> before i'd like yeah want to check it out again <laughs> yeah I, I mean i will say like knowing that there was supposed to be reshoots and the reshoots were mm. quoted as being to make it more of a horror movie <laughs> i can definitely see how you would do that because the first hour is like yeah, it's got a couple of moments but it is quite slow i can mm. definitely see how you want to like try and build the tension quicker by having more horror stuff happen quicker i can definitely mm. see why they wanted to do that obviously time moved on the company you know got sold to someone else <laughs> i 
I also wonder as well, and I do genuinely think this may be a factor, is that all these actors are supposed to be playing teenagers, and by the mm. time the research was supposed to be happening, it was like two years since they'd shot the movie, and mm. I do wonder, like, how much older do some of those actors look after a couple of years? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously they're all, a, they're not quite as young as they're supposed to actually be, so they're not mm. aging as quickly, but I, I do wonder, like, someone like Maisie Williams, who does look quite young in this movie, like, mm. you know, uh, like, would it be noticeable that how how much they all aged a little bit? If you're, going, sure, to be, yeah. if you're going to be cutting between shots of, like, them in different, you know, scenes uh, at different ages. I mean, would it be as bad as the wig from the Fantastic Four uh, movie? <laughs> from Josh Trank's fabled <laughs> film? I don't know, but... For sure. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It is worth thinking about. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, I, I guess we'll get the spoils in so we can actually talk about the... the, the the, the movie itself uh and plot and all that jazz um so to start off though i will tell you who our patron producers are and thank them <laughs> kindly for being patron producers so thank you to tyler hess Cindy palacios david sharp board now al treisman christopher moy brett williams and david brown they are patron producers at the time of recording which is notable because we are recording this very far in advance of when the episode goes out uh, but you can go and support us over at patreon.com slash tv for as little as one dollar per month and for that $1, you get access to the back catalogue of all the bonus episodes that we've done for Patreon. Uh, they're on pause right now while Tim's on paternity leave, mm-hmm. but they'll all be back soon. But there is about 27-ish mm-hmm. episodes in there you can go get. Uh, you also get bonus episodes of the sci-fi podcast that I do with Tara, the Atomic Cinema Experiment. And those are still ongoing. So go and have a look and see if you're interested. At the $5 tier, of course, you get early access to all the episodes of Screams by a day. Uh, and all stuff too so go and have a look and see if you're interested in supporting all the, all the content we make screams and otherwise at mail plus tv uh and you can also do that of course by hitting the like button for free which also does help a lot on youtube so please do uh do, do we know is uh brett williams is he related to Maisie williams at all or i, I don't believe so i could i could check i could ask if yeah. you want maybe <laughs> yeah maybe if he wants to write in and just let us know because <laughs> this would probably be a treat for him then if we're reviewing his like sister's movie or something <laughs> yes thank you to uh Maisie's brother who's one of her yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so full spoilers then for the new mutants uh, from this point forth uh so let's just get out of the way tim you know, you know it's going to come up. So, oh, Tim, so, Tim, so Tim tweeted out. Tim watched this, I think, on Friday, right, like the day before I did, give or take. And he just tweeted, oh, "I hate when I'm watching something, and I know there's a moment where Peter's going to want to talk about it for twenty minutes." <laughs> and I just sort of chuckled. I was like, "Oh, whatever," not knowing what it would be referring to. Mm-hmm. And not, and sometimes when Tim says something like that, like sometimes it's obvious when I watch the movie what it, he's talking about, and sometimes it isn't. Like sometimes I'm not sure what he's actually saying. Mm-hmm. But there's a moment in this movie where in the little rec room they've got and the TV's on where there's just scenes from the hit television show <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer playing and I actually yelled out because it just cuts to it and I'm like yes! 10 out of 10! <laughs> 10 out of 10 baby! Um, but it's funny. Um, what What's actually funny about it though is that it happens twice and both times mm-hmm. the scenes they show of Buffy which both of which are from season 4 of the show uh, mm-hmm. both foreshadow something that's going to happen in the movie mm-hmm. uh, to the point where I'm actually annoyed they didn't foreshadow something else because there's actually another yeah. thing they could have foreshadowed from that same season even though it would have put things out of order because the first time they're watching Buffy 
It's a scene of Tara and Willow. Uh, I don't know if it's the first kiss. I can't remember exactly, but it's them being intimate. And it's actually a foreshadow because it's only a few scenes. Because like, uh... you've been getting the... You've been getting kind of the, the chemistry between uh, yeah. Game of Thrones girl and uh, Danny. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's after that scene where eventually they have this romantic moment where they're looking up at the... Not the stars, they're looking up at the rain's hitting the, the, the force field that's over the, <laughs> the building and it's making all these little like light splashes so it looks quite pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. And they have this moment where they kiss and I'm like, oh, that, okay, so it's a bit on the nose but they, they literally foreshadowed right. this <laughs> with the scenes of Buffy in the background. And then later on, the episode that's on is a very famous episode called Hush with the, the Gentlemen, which I don't think are that dissimilar to the monsters that show up from uh, oh, Magic's, not, yeah. uh, you know, f- 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 Fears and Nightmares. So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, that's neat. What I, what I, now, admittedly, this is earlier in the season, but there's an episode in season four of Buffy called Pangs, the Thanksgiving episode, mm-hmm. where part of what's happening is anything... Who is it? Who is it that keeps... I think anything anyone says like becomes real. So because mm-hmm. it's something that Jail says makes a bear show up and Spike, who's tied to a chair, yells, you made a bear, undo it, undo it, and they're scared <laughs> of the bear. And I couldn't help but think that given that this movie, the entire third mm-hmm. act is that the demon bear, which is Danny's fear, this giant demon bear shows up, um, mm. which didn't look too bad, admittedly, effects-wise, I, I thought. It looked all yeah, right. I, I thought it was all right, yeah. Yeah. But I thought, you could have foreshadowed that. There's literally a scene <laughs> where someone makes an imaginary bear come true. <laughs> What are you doing? Come on, movie. But yes, there are multiple <laughs> scenes from the hit television show Buffer the Vampire Slayer and the New Mutants, so they're trying their best to make it better. Bless them. <laughs> that was <laughs> uh, that was interesting because, um, yeah, like I, I definitely understood like the hush thing, and I, I think I even kind of rolled my eyes a little bit because like oh, this is a little on the nose, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, the I nose. Didn't really, yeah, yeah, but I, I didn't think about it until you mentioned like, oh yeah, the. Um, yeah, the first clip, uh, yeah, I didn't even realize, oh, yeah, that was foreshadowing. That was going to happen. Um, I I mean, I, I love Buffy and stuff. I do feel like this was, like, a little too distracting. Like, you could have just had it, like, on in the background versus, like, it, it felt like the movie was, like, hey, look at this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um... Well, uh, this maybe comes back to what we are saying earlier, where Josh Boone's determined to, like, show that he loves Buffy by having Buffy playing, but it's <laughs> almost, like, distracting or it's almost too yeah. much. And, and instead of actually putting that effort into, you know, making mm. his movie better... It's like, hey, look, yeah. I love Buffy. <laughs> and then the, I, I could be wrong. I don't know if you noticed this, but like the, the it's kind of playing on like um this like little entertainment center. And I think they actually had like the DVDs next to it. Uh, oh, I never noticed the boxes, but you're probably right. They probably did. Yeah. Just because I remember those like big chunky box sets, <laughs> you know, that they, they used to have uh, for Buffy. Yeah, the UK um, ones were much nicer. The UK ones came in like a, they were like little books, like little Bible sort of ooh. looking things. And they looked really nice. Oh, that sounds cool. Really much classier. Uh, yeah. And then the uh, one other thing I, I would kind of say to it is, um, you know, maybe maybe a little bit of a stretch, but it is kind of a nice reference because you have, uh, oh, here's this Joss Whedon show, and then uh, you know Joss Whedon uh, notably did a you know very nice uh, run on X Men, which oh, I, don't, I don't think really featured any of these characters, but I never yeah, thought. It's a nice little yeah, nod. I never thought of that. So. Uh you know, almost Kevin Bacon-esque step, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're right. Yeah. It may even be an intentional thing, yeah. Uh, mm. um, I mean, obviously, I like seeing it. I, I, I can see it. It's a bit For on sure, the nose. Yeah. But both, yeah. both foreshadowing elements are on the nose. Mm. Um, but it was, it was there. Um, I think... Because yeah. the, 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 the horror elements... Because obviously, we kind of suspect that it's Danny's power. Because Danny doesn't know what her power is, right? And we suspect mm-hmm. that her power 
and you maybe even knew that what her power was because you'd maybe mm-hmm. encountered her before in the comics but um the, i think i had like a, a vague notion but i wasn't yeah. like but the idea is, is that her power is like basically making everyone else's worst fears come true. So uh, the, the the other characters are experiencing things. And so you've got this sort of the douchebag guy who thinks he's, you know, hot stuff. And he literally is. And maybe because he turns into like a molten rock person with super strength. Uh, to the point where at one point he he turns into his molten version in the pool and when he mm-hmm. when everyone comes in and he's turning back the like the, the the water level in the pool's like halved because the the top yeah. half's all evaporated the steam that was a nice touch I, I mean, thought <laughs> yeah no i i get like you know the whole yeah turning into you know flames and, and mm-hmm. stuff like i get that superpower but like how does that also give you super strength it doesn't seem like cuz i think he's turned into like <laughs> volcanic rock so i think the rocks just strong uh, okay <laughs> I, 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 like that's all I got for you. What else do you want? Because <laughs> um, his because uh, he he basically killed his girlfriend. We find out later that was his big. Well, th- they uh, oh. uh, this was something that bothered me. They basically all had the the same backstory. It oh was sure, like, yeah. <laughs> my powers manifested and I killed my dad. Well, my powers manifested and I killed my girlfriend. Well, my powers manifested and I killed my dad too. Like, it was like, <laughs> Jesus, come on. Yeah, it's, it's basically. I mean. I think it's the way it's framed. See, see if you frame this as, no, this hospital is for mutants who, whose discovery of their powers all resulted in someone's life being taken. If that was just said yeah. at the start of the movie, I don't think that'd be a problem. I think it'd be like, oh, for no, sure. that's what this hospital is. This is people who, when their mutant powers activated, it resulted mm-hmm. in a death. So this is a special place for those people. But because it yeah. sort of slowly reveals all of them over the course of the movie, it's like, oh, okay... So all this yeah, same. like yeah, it, yeah it, it treats it like you know each time it's like a big revelation or something. But it's like all right, well we've heard these yeah same like revelations like from each person so far. So yeah, it's, but it's no, a- I, I agree. Yeah, if they would have done it like during their group therapy talk or something at some point. Yeah, I mean if that was the purpose of this place <laughs> is that this is all mutants who killed someone by accident when they you know triggered yeah. their powers for the first time, that'd be fine. But. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we should probably go through them and sort of a what their powers are, b what their worst fear is, and that's the, the, their you know section of the so, movie. So a, a quick question: I wasn't really sure. I mean, I, I don't know if, if you got a better handle on it, but uh, Danny's power kind of confused me because I wasn't sure if it's like, all right, is she manifesting like actual like stuff from their past that they're afraid of, or like, um, like does it have to be like a real fear, or does it, or like can she just make anything up? Like, oh yeah, I'm afraid of like weird scary goblins so ooh, here's weird scary goblins or does it have to be kind of like i mean i think these I think traumatic the, memories i don't know well i think the demon bear answers that because that's definitely not real so i, I don't think it has to be a real sure. thing i think in some cases their worst fear is related to a real thing so it's like mm-hmm. replaying that or adding to it but in some cases yeah. it's like more of a just a monster <laughs> or something yeah yeah I, I just wasn't sure if it was more like yeah like past memories or you know like yeah because i guess like you said yeah they have kind of like some of them have are rooted in like real life stuff that happened to them but then yeah some are just like oh yeah big crazy demon thing yeah we'll mention the hothead mm-hmm. first because he mm-hmm. just because we mentioned most of his already but has has he killed his girlfriend when his powers initiated so he's then having a he's having a romantic scene with magic who's not really there because it's sort of a little twist for this scene is that she's still in solitary so this was never really her this was mm-hmm. just another fire monster i guess this was like his own inner monster tricking yeah. him into things that felt a bit of a stretch a bit of a horror movie stretch but whatever mm-hmm. um so 
and this is kind of the the thing where he starts to believe that there is something going on in the building because when magic shows up and she's like confused like what's going on uh like i wasn't yeah. here there's no one else here you're alone in the pool so that yeah. that was his uh so, not much to it um, and so this so he's uh in the comics he's sunspot and uh the i i would think it would have been um i, I wish i kind of like would have <clears throat> like played him up a bit more because like with his character he is you know he is like extremely rich uh and he is very like you know uh <laughs> well you can tell that in the women. movie tim because he's got those very expensive beats headphones on when he's doing the dishes of course <laughs> and like i i i think that's something like i wish they kind of would have played up a bit more because you know like you said it's like dream warriors but it does feel like they are kind of trying to do like an 80s ensemble like breakfast club mm-hmm. kind of thing where he's like you know this kind of womanizing jock and um you know like iliana's like the bully and stuff but it it just feels very one note and like i feel like you don't really spend enough time with the characters i would have liked to seen like some of these dynamics kind of play out a bit more yeah yeah uh so that was his uh reigns uh game of thrones girl (laughs) she (laughs) she she her thing is obviously she turns into a wolf that's her power uh, and we see her running around a few times as a wolf. She seems to have one of the best handles on her power because she's 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 using her power freely from the start of the movie, basically. Whereas everyone else mm-hmm. is scared to use their power or their test in it or whatever, because uh, none of them even know what uh, Sunspot's power is. You know, that, that's like a reveal yeah. when he starts like using that later on. But uh, her thing is that she was branded, as we find out, by a priest where she came from, uh, presumably for being gay. Uh, I would guess. Uh, before we found out either of those things, though, there was a scene with her that unintentionally made me laugh my ass off. There's a scene where she goes to confessional, and there's no one there to listen to her confess, but she goes to the confessional in like, the church that's next to the building, I guess. Um, and what made me laugh, though, is it cuts away to another scene, and other stuff is happening. I don't even remember what the other scene was that it cut away to. But it cut back to her in the confessional, and the first line she said was, I masturbated twice. And I just, <laughs> for some reason, that just broke me. I just started laughing that she was confessing that she masturbated twice. Which, in turn, later on, when she then kisses uh, Danny, I was like, oh, maybe this is why she masturbated twice, because she's been getting friendly uh, with yeah. Danny, and you know, the, 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 you know, the, the mood's been like, striking, there's a bit of a flirtation. It, that makes sense, it, but it just, the moment on its own made me laugh because she was confessing this. It does kind of make it a little creepy, though, when you realize, like, she was watching her in the vents earlier on. She was, yeah. She was crawling around the vents and watching her in bed. No. Yeah. The the one thing I, I'm kind of... I, I wish they would have explored more, too, is, like, um, again, like, one of the big, big defining things of her character in the comics is that she is super Catholic. Like, she is... So goddamn Catholic. And you do get this in the movie. That's why she's in confessional and like her fear is like that, you know, priest and stuff. But I think, you know, if they are going to make her, you know, like uh, have like a, you know, relationship uh, with Danny and be attracted to her. I think that's like, you know, a very interesting character thing to add. But I would have I think it would have been more interesting, though, to explore how she, um, you know, like regulates that with her Catholic. Yeah, no, like, you know, because I thought they were going to go down that path. Like, okay, so she has this guilt because she's, you know, clearly mm-hmm. gay or bisexual, or whatever. But she's she's mm-hmm. attracted to a woman, and she's super Catholic. So how do those two things meet? How do those two things collide? And the movie basically never even brings it up or questions yeah. it. Um, in fact, to be if anything, once the after the kiss, once we're down that path, it mm-hmm. feels like the only way our Catholicism was ever brought up is the fact that. 
when her nightmare thing happens and it materializes is this this priest with these big branding iron uh yeah. shows up in the shower and brands her again um but it never she, there's never like a struggle for her where she feels i mean i think the scene where she goes to confession is supposed to show that she that she is feeling guilty about the feelings mm. she's having perhaps but it never really follows up on it or does anything with it um yeah. you know uh so uh, that's kind of a shame uh again that's what's a character dynamic that is lost a character arc that is perhaps lost uh yeah. throughout the, the, the the script writing phase um the uh the minor kid stranger things kid um <laughs> cannonball so, there you go cannonball um i mean his power looks sam, fine sam gunther <laughs> <laughs> he uh you know it looks good it's, it's, it's kind of like super speed but of course he is like a burst of energy when he does it so it's kind of like you know a cannonball basically it's like a yeah uh i, I mean I, you know, they, I'll, I'll give the movie credit because i feel like there some lesser directors might have had the temptation to put Miley cyrus wrecking ball in one of his scenes but <laughs> <laughs> <Sure. laughs> he came bursting through a wall or something <laughs> yeah i feel like i wasn't super into like how his powers manifested i I think by the end i was like all right i I guess that's fine um the in the comic book i think it does look more like a like a rocket like Mm. you know like almost like his bottom half is just like a fire engine or something but like um or i mean just like a jet engine with like you know fire coming out or or something like but i I guess that is pretty like hard to you know display on films so uh, they they do the best they could and i one thing that we um didn't really mention that much uh, i suppose is you know on, on top of like you know the very obvious horror stuff they have here there's also kind of like a level of body horror it seems like they're trying to kind of like you know display with their powers like obviously with sunspots like okay yeah you're you know when mm. you, you you know turn into fire it's like no one can touch you and stuff and then like with cannonball you know they're kind of saying um like yeah he can you know like fly around like a cannonball but then when he lands he like you know really like hurts himself and that he has like a cast throughout the whole movie and like a black eye and stuff yeah um and then of course you have like the the you know rain like a, a couple of points like they sort of gave up on her turning into a full wolf she just sort of half turns so she's got a little bit of fur and some yeah. claws and i was like yeah they're doing kind of some wolf man-esque stuff with her so that, which <laughs> is fine like if, if you're going to give me like almost like again a bit of a universal monsters vibe to some of these characters mm-hmm. uh that's also kind of cool mixing that with dream warriors is fine like i have no problem with yeah. that uh, yeah. magic of course is the most powerful and the most interesting in terms of powers because without a doubt yeah. you know she she can literally teleport to like essentially her own made-up hell dimension uh <laughs> she has a dragon puppet which kind of becomes real when she goes there Lockheed. Yeah, and she has, uh, of course, her big sword that kind of forms, and she is super powerful, and you know, she has that moment where, and again, this is kind of the big thing where I was talking about how, like, her standing up for the other characters should be a, a big, like, okay, they're united, like, even the, the bully bitch characters, you know, doing the right thing, when they're trying to stall for time to try and help Danny and the portal opens and she kind of turns and mm. says something because she says hey whatever danny's doing to us it's magic you can't fight it and she turns and goes i'm magic tool yeah <laughs> like it's basically it's the whole moment from avengers but she's got her big sword yeah. out and then she jumps out of the portal uh like it's kind of okay and cool on its own but it would be really great if see if i cared about these characters see if this was a moment where i was like yeah totally. f yeah she's going to help her f yeah she's going to yeah. fight for danny 
Um, okay, because you could argue that she might at first say, no, let's just kill Danny because it's her fault this is all happening to us because her powers are what's doing it. If we just kill Danny, then it's all fine. Because that, that's what Doctor Lady's trying to do. Doctor Lady's trying to kill her because basically the ex- Essex Corporation, which she works for, which, by the way, mm-hmm. did you think it was weird how by the end of this movie they've wrecked the entire building, the Doctor Lady's dead, there's this <laughs> giant fight, and, like, no cars or helicopters come to, like, address For the situation sure. yeah <laughs> like, yeah it's a little strange without paying attention to them that's weird and, and i'm assuming like you know um she's talking to like a computer throughout the the whole thing which i, I think you know uh if we're assuming that she's probably talking to someone at essex maybe even nathaniel essex uh mr sinister himself uh but you think they would have constant contact um you know with the institute and then yeah once it goes offline there, there'd probably be some type of like you know, bells going off that like, oh, okay, maybe we we should go contain yeah. this or see what's up. Some kind of protocol, mm-hmm. but there doesn't seem to be yeah. any, uh, which feels kind of weird. But mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, Danny's the cause of it all. Uh, like whenever she sleeps or whenever what, uh, like, yeah, I think it's usually when she's sleeping that basically it's, mm-hmm. someone's nightmares happen or, uh, or whatever. Eventually, a doctor lady wants to kill her, and this is this is where I get frustrated because, like I say, there's a lot of potential here where having these misfits all kind of like stick together and say, no, you can't kill her. We're not going to let you because she doesn't deserve to die for this. She has to just learn to control her, yeah. her power. And that's, you know, the end of it. Um, I, I, did, I did enjoy her death though, because basically she has, because the doctor lady has, has this sort of like force field power, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And she has all five of them in their own little force fields and Danny's unconscious. And she's like, look, this, like we have to kill her. Mm-hmm. But at this point, they've all realized that she's willing to kill Danny. <laughs> They've tried to stop her. He said, no, we're going to have to kill her. She's too dangerous. But Danny's basically in a coma at this point because that's kind of mm-hmm. part of this, this last chunk is that Rain's trying mm-hmm. to wake her up and Danny's like in her own like snow field. Because <laughs> the start of the movie is a flashback to when Danny... It also is a storm that kills her dad and everyone in her little village or, or reserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the actual reveal is that her powers did it. Like her demon bear that she conjured up uh, killed yeah. everyone. Again... The same thing as everyone else her power killed mm-hmm. uh, those closest to her and in some yeah. cases an entire group of people um <laughs> yeah. but i did, I did kind of pop a little bit when like a, the demon bear this giant demon bear just like jumps in the side of the building and grabs the doctor and kills yeah. her like i was like you know what <laughs> that was a fun moment <laughs> yeah no I, I i was really surprised uh at how effective i, I thought the demon bear was because yeah like on paper, it's it, it's a very comic booky thing. It seems like it'd be hard to translate uh, to movies, and uh, I feel like you know they would most movies like a lot of times would probably just find some shortcut where you know it's like you just see this kind of like shadow of a bear or something, mm. and then it's like a regular person or something. But no, they actually like went like full like you know oh no this is the demon bear, and uh, I yeah I I think like. I wouldn't say it's like the best CGI ever, but I, I think I thought it you know looked pretty reasonably good. It wasn't like, embarrassing. I, I didn't think it looked bad, you know. Yeah, it wasn't embarrassing. <laughs> I, I this is where I get really frustrated with the movie though, because I because like you said earlier, the, the the final action scene is not bad, and if I cared about mm. these characters more, I think a lot of yeah. these moments would hit really well because you have beats where okay, magic's the, the main sort of big gun who's fighting this bear mm. and is you know jumping through portals and blocking things with a sword, but you have mm. moments where the others are like okay, I, like you know. They're getting close to Danny, who's asleep. I have to defend her. So you have what we're cannonball. will use his power, and then you know Sunspot's a bit more cowardly. But he even he eventually says, "Oh, screw this!" And he you know he gets yeah. ready. He, he moltens up, and he's ready to fight. <laughs> and all this stuff with them fighting for Danny, she's asleep, just in time for her to wake up at the very end and kind of 
you know solve it basically um yeah. all this fighting's going on like the, 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 this final act on its own is actually perfectly fine if the rest of the mm. movie was better and making me care about these relationships and these characters this final act would be a fine third act and then the movie yeah. would be actually quite good and i think because i can see the potential in all this it does make it a little frustrating beyond just being dull because mm. it is a dull movie the I first hour yeah. of this movie is dull it's, it's, it's boring uh, you yeah. know it got to the point where i'm like okay we're 40 minutes in and we're still not really propelling anything but you know it doesn't really mm-hmm. feel like we're in act two yet we're not really you know there's no drive <laughs> to do something mm. you know uh yeah. which is a big problem in direction a big, a big part of movie making is to make sure that momentum that feeling of momentum is there and you care about For it sure. moving forward uh it just feels like it's sitting around killing time when they go up to the mm-hmm. little hideout that they always go to apparently to do use a lie detector but mm-hmm. they ask questions that you feel like they would have asked each other like ages ago <laughs> yeah that, that that was like a really weird scene i didn't really under i mean i i get like the structure wise what the point of it is because it's a way to you know reveal information to the audience about the character but like i don't it, it just doesn't seem like something like all right why is this like the fun thing to do <laughs> you know yeah well i mean because they hook up uh sunspot who's always bragging about being like a ladies man and they mm-hmm. ask him like how many girls he's been with and i'm like wait you waited till now to ask the guy who always brags right, about yeah. girls to <laughs> uh, to like it, you know admit how many he's been with like it just mm-hmm. feels like no you'd have asked that like the first time you did this maybe the second that push yeah it doesn't feel like something that like I, I could see maybe you discover the machine and then like you use it once, but like, yeah, after using it once, like you feel like you would get out all the stuff you wanted to know, like and they're coming up here like every night to do this. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, like it's, it's a there's a whole sequence where they, they like uh, magic drugs, like she spikes the doctor's drink so they can just do what they want for the night, uh, and that's when the pill stuff. Ha- happens uh although it's not really magic actually now i think about it because because that is when the pool stuff happens right that's that's that night i think so (laughs) so it's not even magic that really did it technically it was danny (laughs) version of magic yeah that weird way okay whatever that's why i think like the powers are kind of confusing because it's like all right so i i guess like his his fear would be like you know uh being intimate with someone and then you know not handling it but the way they manifest it is like with magic which yeah is, the, the idea that this, been, this doppelganger of magic's been around yeah. for but at, at this point by the time this happens in the pool at least a couple hours she's been around talking to them and interacting yeah. with them which is, is kind of weird it's, it's kind of a weird <laughs> uh concept um but like i feel like a lot of these scenes like um yeah like in the attic or when they're you know, like hanging out uh, after uh, the doctor passes out. Like, I feel like these are the scenes where you're supposed to, yeah, like feel them bonding and getting to know them as characters. But like you said, it just it's just so dull. Like, I, I don't know. It, it's not like this should be where you're starting to feel for these characters. And it just feels like kind of bland and I don't know, just very like trite <laughs> stuff. I don't know. Yeah, there's no air. Need some of that Breakfast Club popiness. Need some of that. I don't know. Yeah. Doom Warriors, like you know, I hate to say cartoonishness, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's an art to like making these characters likable quickly and making them feel like they've got some life in them. Um, yeah. and one, I, one thing I, I did kind of like is when they were like 
you know talking about like oh who do you think like the the boss is and then like oh isn't it obvious like we're gonna be x-men like yeah they're training us to be you know mm. a part of that like i just like that kind of like nod to like oh hey yeah this does exist in the same universe and it would make sense like oh yeah you know people know who the x-men are and stuff. actually i would never have noticed this but someone did point out to me that when danny has like a flashback to being in a hospital uh it's actually the same oh, hospital yeah. that from uh, Laura from, uh, from Logan, yeah, was yeah, was yeah. in. I would never have noticed that because I've not seen. I mean, Logan was great, but I haven't seen it since theaters, so I would never have noticed that. Yeah, I I uh, I, I watched it. Uh, I like Logan quite a bit. Yeah, I've seen it a few times. So um, I don't think I was like, I, I wasn't super like. Oh, I know exactly what scene this was from, but mm-hmm. I had an inkling. I was like, oh, isn't this? This kind of seems like Lo- uh, Logan Hunt. And then I think during the credits, I saw like, oh yeah, like clips from, you know, furnished by that movie <laughs> yeah it's uh <sighs> honestly it's funny because obviously we've had a lot to talk about because this movie has so much baggage mm-hmm. with it that there was a lot yeah. to discuss anyway but this is typically the kind of movie that ends up being a, a difficult time to talk about because i mean okay at least sometimes when a movie's dull it's just dull and there's nothing else at least here there was dull mm-hmm. with potential so that we can talk about all the things that could have been better that could have been mm-hmm. thingy but um often dull is harder to talk about than just bad uh or obviously sure. good yeah. uh and because in part of it it's, it's hard to i think in part because how do you define dullness how do, how do you say this is why this is dull when, you, when mm. you're saying okay something is good you're like okay here's these reasons why it's good here's why this mm. thing doesn't work here's these reasons why it doesn't work when you've got something that's kind of ticking some of the boxes but is just really boring and like slow moving it's yeah. like, okay, digging into why that is, is is difficult. And arguably, ironically, a dollar conversation because you just start talking about, well, there's <laughs> lack of momentum and, like, you know, yeah. uh, character motivation doesn't lead to character motivation B and C and D. Um, this doesn't propel because that doesn't propel. The villain doesn't work, which in this case she doesn't, you know. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's frustrating. It's a frustrating conversation. It's a frustrating <laughs> movie. Um not that it's super frustrating to watch it's just a little bit dull to watch sadly that's what it comes down to there's some nice ideas there's a lot of potential in the concept but it's just a bit dull yeah and uh it it is a shame because i like yeah like you said there's a lot of instances where you see the potential uh i think like especially um and yeah i imagine you know well probably most people that watch this would agree but like i think you know uh anna taylor joy as magic was like a really standout character like um you know that was someone that was definitely like oh man i want to see more of her and like especially when she's fighting is really really cool and like yeah like when she's going into the limbo dimension and like uh you know Loki, the pet dragon like comes uh to life and stuff uh which one thing i was kind of curious about that is uh you know because Lockheed was always um kitty pride's uh like pet dragon i, I wonder I'm not sure if there was a, if uh, if they're associated together in the comics, but like it looked really cool when yeah it was like coming to life and fighting and stuff. So uh, it sucks that there are like cool things in here and potential, and then ultimately though what you get is just a yeah kind of a dull letdown. But it's definitely not like the train wreck that I I feel like a lot of people are saying like when it was um you know first coming out I I I feel like you know just on twitter and stuff there are a lot of reviews just saying like oh like one of the worst x-men movies yet like so bad it's like no it's definitely not like bad it's just yeah it's just like it's very average very middling 
dull kind of bland it's, it's actually kind of weird that in a way i'm glad that it's not great just because i i would be pissed if i wanted more because that's true it's yeah. never going to be any more <laughs> because uh, yeah. i mean the, the things that are going to be sad like i think anna taylor joy as magic is the sort of thing where it's a shame that she can't continue in that role because they're probably going totally. to just reset everything mm-hmm. and not uh yeah. you know take anyone um mm-hmm. there, there was a chance they might have continued things apparently kevin feige did talk to uh, patrick stewart about coming back as xavier at one point like early on um okay. and xavier said no like logan was a perfect goodbye so i feel like if yeah. they can't get patrick stewart then they're not going to take anyone they're just going to be like nope our mutants are completely new and fresh and different and go from oh, there. They'll, they'll do a new Marvel X-Men movie uh, and then, uh, you know, they'll run out of ideas and they'll bring everything back in, like, <laughs> one giant disaster of a movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll do, like, a Secret Wars thing where everyone crosses over and they, they pay Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. like a shitload of money to come back as alternate versions yeah. of themselves. And, uh, Robert Downey Jr. by that point will be, like, 70 with a walking stick and barely move and <laughs> i know it'll be you know this this yeah. yeah i i feel like we'll probably get our first marvel x-men movie maybe like 2024 2025 something like that <clears throat> it, it, it's so hard to say now because of everything going on mm, yeah <laughs> like, true. yeah with everything being delayed but i i'm sure they had probably like some uh, something planned like in the relative future, but uh, yeah, I don't know if it'll well, they've announced Fantastic Four, wasting. so I assume Fantastic Four is coming true, first. Yeah. I assume that's mm-hmm. that's going to be quicker. I expect that in Blade before their X Men movies start, but I mean, who knows? Yeah. Maybe they'll fast track an X Men movie if they've got an idea. But yeah, but it almost feels that like they need someone else to just cover the X Men movies, like Feige does with everything mm-hmm. else, because there's so many goddamn characters. Yeah. Uh, depending on what they want to do i kind of hope it's more classical though I, I hope you know cyclops is treated with some respect because he's been a chump in for all sure. the movies <laughs> like maybe don't yeah. use wolverine for a couple of movies i think that'd be kind of nice honestly yeah like i i really do love wolverine but yeah like it'd, it'd be nice to you know maybe if you want to do like a solo movie with him like first but yeah be like at least don't need him as like the star of the x-men right away but yeah yeah it, it definitely would be nice to get uh some characters some time to shine especially like maybe some different bad guys like i'd love you know to not really see magneto for a bit because he, he was a bad guy in every mo- x-men movie um but yeah i, I mean who knows who knows who knows but hey <laughs> uh not a lot of you care about this converse this part of the conversation because this is just uh talking about x-men movies now because sure. you're for a horror movie podcast <laughs> uh, and i think we've pretty much exhausted what we what I say about uh the, I mean, I did have a quick question because I wasn't sure, sure if I missed something, but what the hell was the deal with uh, Il- Ilyana's fear things? Like, I, because I, I, like, I understand they're just they're like weird, creepy things, but then I missed. Um, There's a couple of hints bef- of it mm-hmm. earlier on where she has like these images of the smiley men, like the smiley face mm-hmm. men. Uh, it like something she was told, like a story she was told as a kid or something like that. I wonder okay. if maybe this was also like maybe some sequel stuff that they were going to get into. It's like you know, we're, we're, what are these things she's scared that, of? Yeah. yeah, like we're going. Oh, they're going to be the villains in the second movie because. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if I missed something or if they did explain them because yeah, I, I think that was part of one of those things where I was like, okay, are these real things that like tormented her as a child, or were they like a weird fear that she made up that is now manifesting? And yeah. And I, like you said, like they do have like a cool design. They're a bit too CGI, but like, um, you know, they do look cool. Uh, yeah. But, 
Yeah. I, will, I will admit though, I kind of liked it when it first popped up. I, I was a little disappointed there was more than one. I, I felt like having multiples yeah. of them made it feel a little less special. I think just having one of these creepy bastards walking around was uh, <coughs> was slightly cooler. But hey, you know, whatever. Yeah. But that's what kind of made the, the comparison to the gentleman on Buffy feel a bit more uh, connected though. Because Makes sense. Because yeah. there was multiple gentlemen. So, yeah, and people know. always forget uh, with the gentleman that it, it wasn't just them like th- didn't they have like those weird like little sidekicks and straight jackets yeah yeah there was like the henchmen so crazy ones yeah yeah uh, i thought I get... those were creepy too not as creepy as a gentleman but yeah like... kind of like they're the renfields if, if they're like exactly the draculas yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, i guess we should rate the movie though then tim uh, what, what are you going to give new mutants uh i think i'm going to go right down the middle and just give it a five um yeah because it, it is just kind of like yeah it's not good but it's not like that bad. Um, I, I think it, it was a little dull and bland, but it is easy enough to watch. Like, yeah. like when you say like, uh, there's a difference between being dull and being boring. Like I wasn't bored while watching it, but I would say that. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe rewatching it, maybe it might be a little boring, but you know, the first time I was watching it, like I was still, interested in wanting to see what's going on so i wasn't necessarily bored but yeah you could definitely kind of feel like the blandness and, and everything but um uh, there were f- a few cool moments and some potential and some performances that i like so yeah i can't go like too low and say it's bad but yeah not good either <laughs> so just straight down the middle five yeah i'm kind of in the same ballpark i i may go a nudge high. i may go 5.5 just because there's yeah. enough potential and ideas that I like that I kind of like sure. want to be nicer to it a little bit. <laughs> uh, and this is not because there was some Buffy references. I'll just make that clear <laughs> before anyone says it. Uh, <clears throat> just because yeah, I, do, I do like some things in the third act and I, I, I do see potential in some of the moments and some of the, the ideas. So I'll maybe nudge it. I mean, admittedly, if I have to round it to a full number, I'll definitely say five rather than six. But yeah. uh, we, we do 0.5s here, so I'll say 5.5. <laughs> Uh, on sure. Letterboxd, it'll be just 5 out of 10 because you can't do halves. Because you do, well, it's 5 stars. You do half stars, but I think of that as out of 10. So, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so point, point being, uh, 5.5. Uh, so, there you go. That's New Mutants. Uh, something we felt we should get to. One of the more notable movies that came out last year. So, yeah. I mean, um, I was like, I, I mean, despite everything, I was still interested in seeing it. Like, even though I didn't think it was necessarily going to be good. There was definitely a curiosity there. Yeah, curiosity for sure. So, there you go. Last new mutants. Uh, if you made it this far into the review, you can put the word gentleman into the comments <laughs> uh, to let us know you got here. Uh, Tim's going to pose for the thumbnail, so here he goes. Three, two, one. Pose! <laughs> demented uh sure. <laughs> as, as per usual tim uh, that's what i like to see uh <laughs> so i'm just glancing at the the user reviews uh oh, okay on imdb what's what's funny about this is that uh we did a bonus movie on the ace just last week and the user reviews there was only like seven of them because the movie was that obscure this movie only came out last august and has 979 jeez <laughs> yeah uh, the, the the one that it recommends, the, the one that it shows me before clicking see more, is titled 67 million for this crap? <laughs> <laughs> for this amount of money, we could have shot 100 movies and at least five of them would have been great. 
I mean, what? <laughs> hundreds. Okay. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> that's maybe a bit I... of a stretch. Ten. Like you could shoot ten movies for that. Low budget I, know, movies. I, tr- I trust this guy's uh, that's, that's... uh knowledge of Hollywood budgetry. Uh, so the economics. Yes. Yes. Uh. No, I mean, I'm not going to really go into more of these because it's just, yeah, there's a lot of bad reviews. Of course, there is. I don't understand these people that are like saying it's it's that bad. Like to me, it's kind of like, what did you like? What did you expect? And what did you want? Like to me, it seems like a very typical like comic book movie. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this is just that kind of Internet mentality where everything is either the worst or the best. Like, <laughs> you know, there's no middle ground like. I don't know. Yes, uh, that's one out of ten review from uh, Pacquiao. Lay makes <laughs> Batman and Robin and Batman Forever look like masterpiece. Jeez, come on, that's <laughs> it's a stretch. It's just yeah, it's a stretch. Uh, but... I don't trust any of these people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of one out of tens here. People like to go for the extremes. Um, but hey, there you go. That's uh, the new mutants. Uh, you can, of course, let us know what you think of the movie in the comments if you've seen it uh, below. Please do like and subscribe and go to patreon.com slash TV as we mentioned earlier. Uh, all those things do support us, uh, so please do consider any one of them, if not all of them. Uh, they're all great options. Uh, you can, of course, get us on Twitter at Screams Midnight for uh, updates and shenanigans and whatever Tim posts on there from time to time. <laughs> uh, silly stuff. Um but yes that is us that is screws after midnight so thank you very much for joining us uh we will see you next time keep watching scary movies goodbye